0: Welcome to the very first episode of infra Unstructured, or the pilot episode, um, which is going to be a podcast, or it is, here it is, a podcast about uh, how infrastructure relates to everyday life, I think, Uh, which I think is really important. I know that infrastructure gets a bit of a bad rap, I think, you know, when you're at a party trying to chat infrastructure to everybody they're a little unsure and making excuses to go to the bar but um (sighs) i think that needs to change really because infrastructure is fundamentally important to the way we live our lives every day how we you know get from a to b running water in our taps lights going on all that stuff it's it's important so this is um the kind of stuff that we want to talk about on this podcast and i'm not the only person here today actually oh i should say who i am i'm i'm charlotte mitchell um And I'm going to be hosting this podcast. So the reason I'm hosting is I am on the National Infrastructure Commission's Young Professionals panel. And we'll get into that a little bit more. Um, But as I said, I'm not the only person in this room. Thank goodness. Um, I've got Annette and Gary here with me. So, hi hi Charlotte hi guys um so yeah really excited to have them Annette's on the young professionals panel with me so that's why she's uh, here and Gary's just a guy who knows a lot about road user charging and air quality stuff he's our he's our man on that topic which is going to be what we're talking about today so thank you for coming Gary
1: thanks for inviting me it's oh a great really,
0: pleasure. really glad to have you um OK, so I think we should like rewind a little bit and talk about, you know, the context of like what the NIC is, why we're in this room, um, just for background. So the National Infrastructure Commission is kind of like an arm's length body um, set up by government to advise government, hold it to account on like infrastructure decisions that it makes and spending decisions um, and makes recommendations. And um, they kind of very coolly decided to set up something called the Young Professionals Panel last year. Um, which I think they kind of, I mean, I, I can't really speak to why they did it, but I, I think they did it because um, infrastructure tends to be very, like, old manny. That's kind of, you know, you go to the, like, infrastructure, I don't know if you guys feel the same, but when I go to infrastructure seminars or, like, events, it's kind of the same guys in the room every time, and they do tend to be guys, and they do tend to be a little Oh, absolutely. Older. It yeah. can get pretty lonely.
2: Um, but the, the, the Young Professionals panel is kind of amazing because apparently they got even more female strong candidates than than male. And it's quite a breakthrough,
0: I think, for infrastructure. Um, And we've got about 50-50 representation. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, And I think it's just like a a great opportunity to kind of diversify that discussion about infrastructure and get kind of younger voices through like, you know, what does the next generation care about? What are we thinking about? Um, And so that's kind of the stuff that we want to get into, I think, on this podcast, hopefully, like episode by episode is getting a bit of a, a diverse range of views. Um so I think we should do some intros, like who are we? What's our deal? Um, so I'm Charlotte Mitchell. I've probably already said that, I hope. Um, I work for Quad, which is a planning consultancy. And I need to distance myself from Quad because I'm just here as a person and not, you know, representing Quad. Um, whatever I say on here, however outrageous, not their problem, totally on my own shoulders. Um, but I'm a planner and... Uh, cities enthusiast, I guess, and I ride my bike almost every day. Although Annette and Gary were ribbing me just a moment ago because I took the tube today, <laughs> totally guilty for not having ridden my bike here. Um, but yeah, normally I'm on my bike. Um, you might be able to tell that my accent isn't native English. Um, I'm from Canada, grew up in Vancouver, um, but have lived here for about eight years in London and just got my British citizenship, which is very oh, exciting whoop. for hey, me. It's
1: a guys. very difficult exam that is. <laughs> yeah. I looked at it and I said, Later. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I know when uh, England last won the World Cup. That is critical to getting your British citizenship, as <laughs> it turns out. Um, so yeah, that's that's probably enough about me. Let's get Annette to say what a minute about you. Thanks. So I'm Annette Jeska. I
2: run a tech startup called the Future Fox, and we're using technology and data to enable citizens to influence the planning system and help change the infrastructure that's around them. Um, and I'm on the Young Professionals panel with Charlotte, and um, there's 16 of us in total. So I grew up in West London, and my first school, my infant school, was right on the A4. And it's it's always wondered, I've always wondered through life um, how I was affected as this young child, uh, literally with the, the school wall on on the A4, and. Um, now there's been so much kind of interest in air, air pollution and how that affects children. Um, the headmistress of that school has actually banned children from using the playground during like uh, drop-off oh, wow. time, right. which is kind of insane, right? For uh, for London and sort of yeah. for, when we always when I was at school at that time, we kind of looked at other countries. Oh, Mexico City is terrible with pollution, but actually, we were suffering exactly the same thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the the parents there actually recently did a big crowdfunding campaign to build a green wall to at least help protect the children. But this is a real uh, kind of real issue that I feel personally connected to, I guess. Cool.
0: Thanks. And Gary, want to give us a little intro? Who are you? Are you here?
1: Sure. Uh, my name is Gary Rakuya um, and I work for Amy Strategic Consulting. It's like a um, asset management uh, slash data science company, um, w- which is part of the big Amy company which is an infrastructure company was in the news recently it's being sold apparently um yeah but like you I'm not here to talk about Amy I'm just here as a person as as my my personal passion I I I love infrastructure and I love um uh, innovation making it better so that's why I'm here and I I'm also a keen cyclist I started I started in London not too far from here at UCL and I rode my bike every day on Euston Road it's it gets pretty busy (laughs) (laughs) yeah um uh, lots of um um uh, cabs idling uh, dropping off people um on the side of the road and lots of buses around um it, it gets very very busy so yeah i um i'd love to see um the the air in urban environments just just be breathable uh, mm-hmm. especially I have a son and now now it's coming really real all there's questions about mm. school and where is he gonna go to school and what air is he gonna breathe so yeah and the last thing is I'm also representing um i think Manchester. I travelled down from, from from Manchester today because that's where oh. I live now yeah oh quite
2: cool. cool. uh, bike
1: <laughs>
2: not yet. Not yet.
1: <laughs> in the summer for charity for charity right oh, cool. no yeah and um uh yeah uh, also actually uh before i forget so so um two years ago is when I really got into this topic professionally. Um, when I um, I came across this question uh, for the Wolfson Economics Prize, yeah. uh, which asked, how can we pay for better, safe, more reliable roads in, in a way that's good for the economy, good for the environment and good for people? And like that question, I just it just absorbed me for, for almost like an entire year. Mm. Um, it's such a huge challenge. I mean, you're trying to square a circle because like, if it's good for the environment, then it's bad for people and it's bad for the economy. If it's good for the economy, it's bad for everyone. So it's like, how, how you do you balance
0: these things?
1: Yeah, yeah, how do you make it work? So I yeah. think that's why I'm invited, really. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, definitely. Um, but did you... So you won that prize. Was that just you? Like it was an individual entry or did you work with a
1: team so to do that? The way, the way it worked is that I, I didn't... When I, when I saw the question, I didn't actually... Um, I didn't actually think of winning at all. I thought, oh, the shortlist actually gets quite a nice reward already, so mm. I may be able to make the shortlist. Um, and and yeah, that was just me. And actually, my wife, uh, she's a PhD uh, student, and she did the proofreading on on the final night, oh, in cool. classic classic student style, yeah, you know, i <laughs> <nice. laughs> yeah, yeah, until, until, until the very <laughs> deadline. exactly. Nice. So um, that was that was um, th- that was uh, just me and my wife. And and then after I got shortlisted, I I, I um these these doors opened up and, and i got got to know some some incredible people mm, uh, and uh, and steve gooding who's the who's the um uh who has the uh, r a c foundation um he he's been very very critical in getting miles better uh, which is this proposal um into shape and, and ultimately ended up winning the prize, I think. yeah, Very
0: cool. But, like, that was, I mean, that's a really big deal to win that prize, right? Like, I know they've, the Wolfson Prize, like, recurs and, and people talk about it. Like, in planning, there was one uh, year where the, the, the Wolfson Prize was about... Um, uh, garden towns, I think. And like yeah. in planning, everyone yeah. was talking about it, you know, what's going to be the winning entry. So like to have someone who's won that prize join us for our pilot episode. Oh, well, couldn't be yeah. more chuffed. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it is. So we're really, <laughs> yeah, really happy to have you here. Um, right. And I think just before we get into it, um, I need to say that like we're representing the young professionals panel that's associated with the NIC but we're going to have some crazy radical ideas on this podcast and the NIC <laughs> can't be held account for whatever you know radical thoughts we may have so uh this is really again on on us the people in the studio if we say something crazy that's the
1: NIC or our respective companies you know exactly. all of that yeah <laughs> nobody is
0: held to account but our own, our own people here like this is just on us really um okay so before we just get into the topic uh I had this idea to have a jargon jar for the podcast for like every episode of the podcast. And this is basically, you know, almost the reason that we've we've started the podcast, because this is the fundamental crux is like our industry is so full of jargon. It is ridiculous and it's obnoxious. And like the ideas that we talk about are um, can be described in plain language, like there's stuff that affects every everyone, just regular people. So basically the idea is if anyone here uses jargon then one, who, if you hear it, you have to make a like, sound. And then the person who used the piece of jargon has to put a, a pound in the jargon coin and we're going to spend it on booze. A
2: pound is so expensive, um, but I've got two pounds in my pocket. Yes, so ready, okay,
0: well. Oh, I need to keep them. Yep, okay, good. I have no money on me, so I better not, <laughs> better not use any jargon. Um, but yeah, that's the game we're going to play today. We'll see who wins and loses and hopefully we can... I'll use plain language.
1: Yeah, I'll just use Monza to pay that pound if that's <laughs> right.
0: Yeah, we're going to have to have like a virtual <laughs> jargon incredible. jar. Classic. Um, okay, so today we're going to talk about air quality, which you guys have already done like a brilliant intro to basically. Um, and the reason we picked this, uh, or cannette uh, and I were kind of, um, you know, throwing around ideas for what we should do the first episode on. And um, air quality just seems to be coming up a lot recently. Like I made the joke about, you know, no one wants to talk to talk about infrastructure at parties. But like I recently went to a party and when I said I was an urban planner, someone was like, well, what are you going to do about London's air quality? You know, like genuinely, like people are interested all of a sudden and you hear about it on the news in the mornings. Um, You know, people being interviewed about exactly this, like their kids are going to schools near busy roads and like they're really worried about asthma and health. and, um, And it just feels like all of a sudden, there is a spotlight on air quality and everyone is like making this connection between air quality and infrastructure. And like as a planner, I feel like, God, yeah, what are we doing about it? You know, like how how are we going to tackle it? What are the right answers? Um, and as you were describing, Gary, like there's all these things that you're kind of balancing and it's it's difficult. And I think... Um, You know, everyone wants to get to where they need to go and we've got this kind of rural urban divide. There's not enough funding for public transport. People want better air quality. There's all these like competing issues um, and I don't really know how to cut through it. So I was kind of thinking that this would be a good thing to talk about on the first episode. It relates to like people, something everyone.
1: All of us. We all need to breathe, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: Exactly right. So, so yeah, I was hoping we could kind of get into it. I think maybe to start it would be really helpful Gary if you could talk to us a little bit like my understanding of the air quality issue is that it relates so strongly like we've kind of just le- leapt from air quality to road user charging or like yeah. to you know driving and and vehicles on the roads and um like I was surprised when I first started hearing about air quality you look at an air quality map where it shows you where the bad areas um you know if, for me I've looked at maps of London um It maps out where air quality is bad and it kind of just looks like a map of the road network. Like as far as I can tell, it just looks like Mm -hmm. roads. Um, So it seems like basically vehicles driving around spewing stuff out of their exhaust pipes, like that's the big issue for air quality. And there's other stuff, I'm sure. But like um, I guess I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that, Gary. Like is is that really the thing? Is it vehicles? Are are there other kind of policy tools that that policymakers use to improve air quality or like does it come down to trying to make people drive less?
1: yeah um I think I think it does actually mm-hmm. and <laughs> pretty simply I mean there's only so much road space and yeah. um, if you've got too many cars then they don't fit on the road space and there is congestion and it's really congestion and idling in traffic that's really bad I don't know if you have a car I I, I have a car because I, I I lived for a while in in um, in Leicestershire which is um, uh, you try <laughs> and cool. you try you try and use the bus there and you'll be in trouble and, and the distances okay. are just not cyclable yeah. Um so driving actually is is not necessarily that bad when you drive on a motorway it's quite fuel efficient mm. um but when it comes to an urban environment you your fuel efficiency drastically reduces and that means you're also spouting out a lot of um um uh, carbon dioxide uh, and all of these bad bad smelly gases mm-hmm. uh, that are good for uh, that are bad for us and um so so it's really the congestion and and it's in the urban environment that this gets particularly bad i think and School run that you mentioned. I mean, that's I can see it. Uh, We we lived next to a school and we knew that we shouldn't drive on that particular road in the school hours because just it just it's it's a stale it's a standstill, right? Mm, Yeah. And um, yeah. So back to the question: like, is road user charging the solution? Um, Actually, I don't think so. Like, that's not Mm. the that's not the only thing. Definitely, it may help. It's it's good. It it may help, but. There are some more targeted measures that I think are much more effective actually at this that specific issue. You know, I, I heard in the radio, I think, this um school head headmistress she she banned dri- she asked the council to ban driving on on that road in front of the school. Hmm. That's probably that a better school, solution,
0: right? your, your that no, I don't know, actually. <laughs>
2: I one. don't know. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> similar. But look, recent, a few months ago, um, there was a, a fascinating kind of campaign run by school children and the headmaster had sent them out to issue fake fixed penalty notices to... Cars that were idling outside the school gate, and in a way, it's kind of really cute that kids are doing this. But it's an outrage, I think, that
0: you know we're sending kids out to do this. Why should they be doing this? They need to put those ridiculous. little masks on them, maybe. You know, that people are wearing on their bikes these days. Mm. Like, I'm seeing that more and more. Actually, people yeah. wearing those kind of like out of, um, you know, who's that evil guy in Batman who had that like crazy oh, B- Bane, ma- isn't Yeah, it? exactly, Bane. Like, <laughs> and sometimes you pull up at a light and you look over and it's like, oh my god, oh, I'm 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 gonna... Gonna... Like, yeah, it's really scary. Um, but so we should just back track one step because I think road user charging is probably something that like we talk about. Hmm. But um it, like, can we just break it down? What is road road user charging, Gary? Is it just well, yeah, you yeah, answer so, the question. So, so I don't so know.
1: There is there are different <laughs> forms forms of shapes. I think um, road pricing specifically like refers to um, when you when if you if you drive in depending on the time and the location that you're driving you have to pay more so if you drive at in peak hours 9 a.m you have to pay more it's a bit like using the tube in peak hour you pay more and, and stuff like that because everyone wants to do that thing
0: right so that spreads out it means that like you're just dis- if you have flexible working or you can drive at a different yeah. time then instead of going at you know 8 30 in the morning to get to work you might Work from home for the first hour and then drive in at yeah ten or something exactly yeah okay.
1: that, that sort of stuff so right. uh, and, and also location so if there's this this particular road that is really really busy and everyone wants to use it then that would cost more in theory according to road pricing it's like for I I got into economics as well uh, even though I'm not an economist by 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 trade so to speak um, it just makes sense because you sort of smooth out the demand for resource. Mm-hmm. Um, same. It's, it's it's what we have with trains. It's we have. It's what we have uh, on a, on the tube. Um, we have it for electricity, right? Um, with Economy Seven, you know, you pay more during the day. Uh, you pay less during the night because you know mm. a few people use it. So yeah, kind of makes sense to have that. Um,
0: right, but it's hard to do, right? Like, I mean, so. Let's talk about London because it's a good example right now. Um, I think part of the reason there's so much press about air quality is also that the the mayor, Sadiq Khan, is about to introduce a new charge in London called mm. the ultra-low emission zone. Right? You, Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, it's interesting because we already have a congestion charge in London, which is called the congestion charge. So you think about it like trying to free up the streets and, and, you know, make you sit in traffic less. And this new charge is called the ultra-low emission zone, so automatically you think, well, this is about air quality, the second charge. But they're kind of the same, right, aren't they? Or are they doing different things?
1: I think they're doing slightly different things because um, for congestion charge is the same for everyone, I think. Um, uh, So it's it's like a flat daily rate, Mm -hmm. no matter what you drive. And the ultra-low emission zone is is, is, is sort of... You can drive. You can drive if you have an ultra low emission vehicle. Right. right?
0: Okay. Yeah. 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 So it's it's targeting dirty vehicles basically. If, yeah. if you have an old car and it's spewing out a bunch of black smoke at the yeah, back yeah, of it, like it's going to cost you a bunch of money. Whereas if you're in Uh, an electric vehicle that is clean then you're allowed to drive on the road but you still get hit by the congestion charge yeah yeah and then there's the geographical
2: scope so congestion charge is only around i think it's zone one um so it's Mm -hmm. just for the densest parts of the cities and boris johnson when he was mayor of london he he well originally there was a plan to extend that congestion charge zone because it actually worked in reducing the traffic um but then he he decided not to go ahead with that extension um but the ULES, the, U the ultra-low emission zone, it mm-hmm. covers, I think, is it up to the north and south circular? Or
0: I think it? so, it's, yeah. really, really, it's across the a whole barrier, of yeah. London. Yeah. So okay. it's, yeah. it's really going to have this huge impact on the whole population. Right. And I think it's really interesting, like to me as a cyclist, knowing that, you know, it's so difficult to get this congestion charge in place because politically it's really difficult, right? You've got people who like to drive and that's their habit. And they don't really want to pay more money to drive on a road where they feel like they already pay their taxes. And, you know, it's, it's hard to get these things kind of through politically Um, but so we've got this congestion charge in the central area of London and when I ride my bike I am still amazed at like it's not like the streets are you know empty and free for me to ride my bike at all like it's still there's you know you ran with taxis and buses and and Ubers and cars and um, I guess I'm wondering like when the EULA's comes into effect is that going to actually change the way the roads feel or do we think it will continue to be, you know, people will just kind of adjust their beha- behavior and pay more for, for using the service
1: of driving I, on the roads. It's interesting mm. guesswork, isn't it? I, I, I I, <laughs> yeah.
0: Can I, you please predict the future? <laughs>
1: oh, of course, I mean, that's what I do, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't think much will change in terms of congestion. I think it will mm. probably stay the same. It will maybe shift some people into electric cars. Um, most people probably will just pay more. Um, it's, right. And then when they, when they think about their next car, uh, in however many years that it is, that then they may actually consider that. I, I think. I think it's. I think one of the major issues with, with cars is that you know you have to have such a huge upfront cost, right? I don't know a few thousand pounds, uh, and then that's it, right? And then you mm-hmm. feel like if you're not using it, then you're wasting it. You yeah. know, you've literally just wasted your money. So. Yeah. So you yeah. think
0: people drive more because they've they've got a car yeah. like yeah i mean that mm-hmm.
2: makes sense i suspect that the ulez will have an impact on the amount of trade vehicles coming into london or the the um you know the the engines that they have so it's kind of it's a way to incentivize uh uh businesses changing their vehicle technologies to lower I agree emissions with that. yeah and that's a really that, good point that's going to have a big impact because actually it's it's the uh, it's, like it's the business vehicles for business use that actually d- make up quite a lot of the congestion and the sort of the air pollution that comes out of it Mm -hmm. um whereas a lot of citizens you know people living in london yeah if they if they're going to have a car anyway i mean it's expensive enough to live in london as it is they're probably going to pay
0: this charge and whatever right i mean i guess we've got like a suite of other policies as well like um you know now it's very difficult to get any planning consent for parking in for developments in london and stuff so you know maybe over time this kind of layering up of different policies to disincentivize people from having a place to put their car you know it it makes it less attractive and i really
1: think that is like that is a much much better solution actually because if you think about it that's um, those kind of solutions make it make it just less convenient to use your car on a daily basis Mm -hmm. um i remember at university we said about one of these german towns i think Freiburg. And, oh, Freiburg, and, yeah. yeah. I went
0: there in my degree. Everyone's always banging on about how Freiburg's yeah. like, give the, them the, the sustainable place. place to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. They've got a tram. Go to Freiburg, see <laughs> <So> the tram. Croydon's <laughs> got a tram. <laughs> yeah. Manchester's
1: got a tram. Uh, yeah,
0: I mean, we could have gone to Croydon, but we went to Freiburg. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and what they do there is that their parking is just further, it's not like on the drive. And I think this is really controversial in, 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 in the UK uh, to not be able to park your car like on. On, on, on your doorstep, right? Um, uh, but having having that sort of distance, like, already makes you like, oh, well, I have to kind of walk to the bus stop anyway. I have to walk to my car as well. Well, I don't. Just I'd rather just sit on the bus, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have to drive it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's kinda nice. Yeah. So, can we talk about um, like it's? I guess uh, easy to kind of talk about like making it harder to drive, but. You sort of hear that, you know, the conversation on the other side is like, well, I have to get to where I'm going. I You know, I, like you can't just make it harder to drive and not yeah. make it easy, you know, provide an alternative, cool. yeah. right? Like, so I, I think about that a lot. Like, w- what do we do with the funds that we get from these charges? That's one question. And then two is like, how do you kind of create that like a healthier cycle of like taking away something from people? Now it's harder for you to drive, but we're going to make it easier for you to get to where you want to go somehow.
1: Mm. I think that that is very very difficult actually mm. you you definitely have to provide alternatives and and they have to be good alternatives it's not just like it's things that whoever's thinking about them would actually use themselves you know mm. and I think that's always a good measure like okay i say well we've we've put in a bus line for you well would you get on the bus um probably not but mm. you know it's there for you to use so it has to be appealing alternatives i yeah. think, I think
2: if you're talking about london then i mean we've got amazing public transport and it, you know most people live Within a good walkable distance yeah. to yeah. some some mode of quite regular public transport It's a totally different scenario in other parts of England especially. And, yeah. yeah and, and Scotland and Wales um I think Manchester's getting better, so they have like London's quite unique cuz Transport for London kind of manage all of the bus networks whereas um, in Manchester they they haven't had that ability to do so but I think so they have got like, a moving. bunch of different bodies yeah. managing
0: yeah. transport so oh, have messy. a separate
1: podcast about that I think <laughs> I really <laughs> enjoyed that. <having>. Yeah sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. that's, that's a whole nice. other separate kind of <laughs> fish. Separate beast. Yeah yeah, yeah. Um,
2: but in terms of you know encouraging people to to use alternative modes that's kind of a key thing. Yeah.
0: Um yeah rural is a whole another issue. Even in London you do hear about you know people I constantly, especially coming from Vancouver, um, I'm amazed by London's transport. I just think it's like the best thing ever. It's incredible. Every time I go and I'm squished like a sardine onto the tube, I'm like, this is a miracle. Like, I'm so <laughs> excited about it. But you hear people complaining about it all the time that mm. it, you know the tubes are too full, they're at capacity. Like it's ridiculous. You've got to wait for multiple trains to go by to get onto them. And I I don't even know actually if um uh it, like alongside ULA's is there. Something that CityCon is saying, like, and we're providing all of these public transport improvements to make it easier for people who now can't afford to drive yeah. in the city or you can't afford to buy a more um, a lower emissions vehicle or something. Yeah. Do, do you know?
1: Um, I'm not too sure about what exactly is planned. Do you know anything?
0: Um, no, okay. because what well, I think
2: you know, the bus network is pretty good, yeah, it, and the tube network. I mean, there's ongoing great. kind of investment in increasing it's capacity, a capacity, yeah, capacity and so there's the um yeah, which is going right. to have a, a huge impact on eventually.
1: Them. One of the issues, though, is that often everything goes to the centre, and when you look at yeah. the ULEDs it's like it's quite wide, mm-hmm. and so the periphery is may not be so well served unless of course you're on a periphery and you're trying to go towards the centre. Right. But if you if you're on the periphery and you you're trying to go moving to, around in that, that outer circle. That's yeah. actually quite tricky. And yeah. Yeah, I agree that the buses are, are great. And I and I and I personally use them in Manchester. We, we live on a bus line next to next to the bus and it goes mm-hmm. straight to the city centre, 25 minutes. I've got no issues with it. But I think um Culturally, there was like, "Oh, you take the bus." Well, totally, I, yeah, it, it yeah it's really
0: interesting. I was looking at um, for one project that we were uh, I was working on in Cambridge, talking about the kind of the mayor in Cambridge is. Um, well, I guess in in Cambridgeshire and Peterborough for that kind of wider combined authority, it's looking at you know what they can do because Cambridge is notoriously clogged up with traffic. Congestion's really bad. Um, even though people love to cycle, it's got this like great cycling culture, but actually congestion is a huge problem there. And so, um, the mayor is looking at what they can do for a sort of urban transport network, and. You know, anything on rails is really expensive. So with infrastructure, as ever, it's like, oh, God, this is going to cost a fortune. How yeah. are we going to fund this thing? Um, and buses are much more affordable. And so they were kind of looking at the culture of public transport, though. And it seems like people just don't really like, you know, people don't get excited about buses. Like, it's hard to brand a bus, even like a great <laughs> bus network, as like an exciting new Yeah infrastructure network just because it's a bus. So they were like looking at all these things like putting a pointy no- nose on it, making it go on its own. You know, like, how can we turn a bus into something exciting that yeah, people yeah, like, yeah. like get Ooh, jazzed listen, about? Look at, look at a bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And it's That's like, true. if it's a tube, people are stoked. And if it's a bus, people are like, what like whatever. It's so bizarre.
1: It is. I think I think it dates back to, um, I heard someone say this. Um, I think it may have been Margaret. Yeah, it may- Thatcher. Yeah, it's, a, it's t- in, in t- if you're 26, and you're and you're still on the bus. You essentially failed in life. <laughs> really, it's, it's quite, it's quite harsh, isn't it? That? Yeah, that's but, very harsh. Uh, so, someone said that actually, it's like it's it has been attributed to her, but she may not have said it. But anyway, it doesn't what really you've matter. If have
0: got one of those seats at the top, you know, on a double decker at the front, oh, at the top, I, love the I top feel seat like you're winning.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: That's, that's actually been, yeah,
2: okay. how I kind of got into cycling, because I was I was using the bus a lot in sort of a local area and then it was so slow and it was just like, was like only a few cars coming the road it? yeah and I was like oh my god I could just c- cycle this and then you realise yes cycling is much faster than the bus and it's it's just much more pleasurable. It is unless you get that front seat. Exactly. Then that's that's yeah. They should they
1: winning. should actually probably have uh, sort of premium tickets for that seat. You know, maybe there uh, should be uh, exactly uh, like <laughs> differential <laughs> charges I'm for premium <laughs> seats. <it> charging. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, can we touch just briefly because we're going to have to wrap up soon? But on this like rural urban divide because actually I was quite buoyed by what you said at the beginning, Gary. That like once cars are kind of out on the highway and like getting between places. That's not as bad for air quality as actually you know cars sitting in in a yeah. city getting stuck in traffic and idling away and um because something I worry about all the time is um well, all the time, maybe that's uh, a bit of a stretch, but anyway <laughs> something I, I am concerned Frequently. about but, yeah exactly is um like how we make this work for people who live in areas where it's actually just really hard to get into the city, you know, someone who lives out in the country yeah. that's they we want people to be able to choose where they live and not have to live in dense urban environments if they don't want to. But then we put these charges on cities and like, well, the people who live somewhere where there isn't good access to public transport, now they have to pay this charge. And how do we square that? But I guess I was, it sounded hopeful from what you were saying that like, maybe people can continue to use cars in these like poorly connected places so that we don't have to give up on them entirely. Um, But when you get into a dense urban environment, that's when we need to get people out of cars and using other modes of transport. Is that... Probably right, or do we need to yeah. think more uh, about rural areas? I think,
1: yeah, I think geography is is, is hugely important in, in all of this, um, which is actually one of the things that. So, so um, uh, M- miles better. At some point, we thought about. Um, about uh, sort of a, a, a national congestion charge and, like, variable pricing everywhere. But mm-hmm. it, it's just not necessary. It's an overkill. Uh, it makes it hugely complicated. So, so have, like, a really, f- like, simple simple scheme for everyone, which is not. Uh, Miles Better actually isn't variable charging. It's just it's purely distance-based and mm-hmm. ve- and vehicle-type based. But then what it allows you to do is have, like, different things with different geographies. And a good example, I think, is Cambridge. Um, we, w- we were going there um i think one time because um uh, my wife was doing a phd there for a short period of time mm-hmm. and um there's park and rides around the city right. um and we cycled around so we knew it's pretty it's pretty hectic in 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 city. it's full of cyclists uh, which is great uh, it's how i wanted to be yeah um so i went to the park and ride site and it was it was okay but but there was, there was a barrier there to be overcome. Like, oh, we need to get out of your car before your destination. But actually, in reality, it's very rare that you can... Drive directly to where you need to be because yeah. like, the, the odds are finding parking you know is it, is this is right sort of through myth? the front
0: of the restaurant yeah yeah. So. Is
1: like sort of, I think it's probably from the, from the movies right where you're just like <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, totally, no, yeah. no one anyone in the restaurant right you just roll up you just hop out yeah. uh, how many movies have we seen where, where the guy just like pulls up on the side road jumps out does something in a restaurant and goes yeah. back does it never happens restaurant. you're like oh no,
0: exactly you're circling the block looking uh, you're for sort of, like you your you find one it's,
1: oh it's like it's, 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 yeah, yeah. I'm not allowed to park here you know for whatever reason yeah. Um, yeah, I guess so. it's,
0: yeah, in Las
2: Vegas and L- Los Angeles and places where there's loads of space it's kind of a different case and then you can yeah, even San Francisco it's completely different from there like there's just no no space and you do have to yeah. 12
0: miles to get a parking space yeah but no, you're right. Like that idea that once you're in your car, you're like, "How convenient is this?" But the reality is, you've got to factor in 20 minutes at the end of your journey to drive around and find somewhere to park, yeah. and then you got to figure out if you're willing to pay for it. You know, like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's not actually. I think we have that in our heads that it's so convenient, but yeah. it isn't a huge burden to get people parking maybe at the edges of cities and then onto the public transport network.
1: Yeah, I, I, yeah, I thought it was working well, and I think there was always like that, that sort of. I think it's called an interchange penalty. I used to do transport. Planning before and and it is real. I mean, it is a pain because so many things can go wrong when you have to when you have to change. There's like this uncertainty. Oh, oh will yeah. there be the bus that takes me right. to the city centre? Oh, oh, I just missed my connection coming down from from from, from, think... from Manchester. You know, it's like happen all the time, right? Yeah. And, and that uncertainty is just a huge pain point.
0: Yeah.
2: And this is the aspiration of eight autonomous vehicles, right? That, that you're yes. just going right from your doorstep and, you know, I guess if you could have your armchair and it would just roll yeah, just out and, roll and just boost yeah. off into
0: this, distance. But yeah, is, is that an aspiration we're ever going to achieve? And is it wise? Yeah. yeah. So I guess, I mean, I think we should probably wrap up here. We've had like a lovely little chat about uh, air quality and road user charging. And I think it'll be really interesting to watch, you know, as the ULES comes in, like everyone's reaction, because I think, I mean, it is in the news, but I also talk to people who don't really know that the ULES is coming. And, um, you know, it'll be fascinating to see what the public reaction is to it. And, and if we see any difference on the roads as we ride our bikes around, um, you know, whether it feels different or the vehicles that we see are different or mm. what happens next. Um, so, yeah, I think let's wrap up there. But thank you so much for coming down from Manchester to be with us, Gary. Riding your bike all the way here. <laughs> very very grateful <laughs> to have you with us. <laughs> nice. uh, and Annette, too, thanks for thanks for joining. I mean, I think we've smashed the pilot, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, thanks you know? for having us. Great <laughs> to, right to discuss. Yeah, Looking forward to the good. future ones. Okay, yes, well, that's right. So on the future ones, uh, they will exist, but I don't know when or what they will be about yet. So let's just get this pilot out the door and... Hopefully everyone who's listening has enjoyed and um watch the space for uh, for future podcasts. Brilliant. Okay. Thanks guys. Thank you. Thanks.